Welcome into the Morning Show with Anthony podcast. This is actually episode 99. This is not the first podcast that we've ever done, so we've done a lot of podcasts. Uh, but we would start podcast, stop podcast. You might even hear a reference in this interview to the old Anthony on Air podcast. I'm not sure. Uh, but either way, I'm proud to do the Morning Show with Anthony podcast here. 99 episodes. That came up pretty quick. For the 100th episode, we have something uh, truly uh, amazing not planned. It would be nice if we were going to do something special, but I doubt it. But maybe, but probably not. Could be another average episode. You just never know. But anyway, episode 99 brings us into the uh, Anthony Archive series, which I'm excited to do because over the time of our uh, little uh, morning show with Anthony here, we've had a chance to interview some massive uh, stars, comics, uh, musicians, celebrities, all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, they all kind of go by the wayside, but they're still great interviews, you know, just because they're old doesn't mean that they're not, you know, poignant for today. Uh, and this one's especially poignant for today because we're featuring Paul Reiser on this episode. And it was just announced that Paul Reiser and Helen Hunt are coming back from Mad About You. Deadline is uh, reporting that uh, the revival has been in the works for quite a while now, and it's going to find its home with Charter Communications' premium content platform, Spectrum Originals. They have picked up the new Mad About You series to air as a limited series. The half-hour comedy uh, from showrunner Peter Tolan and Sony Pictures Television is slated for a late 2019 launch. If you don't have Spectrum Originals, I have a feeling you don't have to worry. I'm sure this will make its way to Amazon or Netflix or Hulu or something soon. I would be surprised if NBC doesn't hop on it after a little while. I mean, despite Roseanne herself blowing up, the Roseanne revival has been great. The uh, uh, what was the other one? Um, Full House has been great for Netflix. This is like the thing to do now. Bring back the old 90s sitcoms that were so successful. So I would imagine if you're a huge fan of Mad About You, which you probably are, and or Paul Reiser, or else you wouldn't be listening to this, uh, you got something to look forward to. So that's awesome. Uh, I don't know if we talked about a revival to Mad About You, but I do know we discussed Mad About You. I went back and listened to this interview very briefly. I skimmed through, only listened to like a minute or so. It's about 25 minutes. Um, but I just remember him being really, really great. And really, really fun. Uh, so uh, I'll be curious to see. I'll be listening along with you guys on the podcast. to see. You'd think we'd screen this whole thing in advance. We don't have time for that. Uh, and with that, I give you the warning to ignore old dates and websites and things of that nature. If we talk about Paul appearing somewhere, which I believe he was plugging a Bay Street show in this interview. Uh, of course, note that this was back in 2013. So ignore all that stuff. Thanks for tuning in to the Morning Show with Anthony podcast. Our home is at WEHM.com where we have some great content. Music news 24-7 under the latest section. We have a morning show vlog where a lot of our interviews get some uh, visuals attached to them and put online so you could watch them there. WEHM.com under the On Air tab. Click on Anthony. And of course, the podcast lives there as well so you can go back and track old uh, episodes. Or subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or wherever podcasts are available. Stitcher, TuneIn, we are everywhere. Alas, you no longer have to wait. After some weird, funky 2019 podcast sound, I present to you from the Anthony Archives, Paul Reiser. Joined on the phone right now by one of my favorite comics of all time. 
Paul Reiser is with us. Good morning, Paul. Wow. Isn't that nice to hear? How's that? That's worth waking up for. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Thank you. Bay Street Theater on uh, the 15th. Looking forward to having you there. It's been a while. Well, actually, yes. you've, you've been you've been back to stand-up for a little while now, but you were off for a long period of time. I was, yeah, I've was. i only really been doing it, uh, out, getting out the last year. Uh, it's been really less than a year I started touring again, but I haven't, uh, I hadn't done it for 20 years, which is crazy when I think about that. That's literally a whole lifetime. But, you know, when Mad About You got started, I kind of put stand-up on the back burner. And then when the show was over, I forgot to look at the back burner. And I, <laughs> I just, I had no burners left. And uh, But I always wanted to. And then I kind of just, I don't know, just went very, with no plan. I just started dropping by clubs, you know, down here. Uh, but I knew I, I knew it had, been, it had been a while. And I realized I was older when I called them up. And I said, listen, can I just drop down and do some material? And they said, sure, they the show's at 10 o'clock. And I said, at night? No, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> Who's up at that hour? <laughs> oh, right. Night, night club. I forgot. Night club. Of course. Night, night. So it took a little conditioning and training, but I'm ready, baby. And, uh, but I, you know, so I've been doing it very kind of gentle tour, going out like, you know, on the weekends and uh, not even every weekend. But I haven't been back east uh, much. I did a week, uh, one night at Atlantic City and, and, uh, so I'm really looking forward because there is something better. It's just something more comfortable. When you know I'm from New York, and, and it's just something when you're home, the frequency is just tuned a little tighter. So people, you know, there's just a shortcut, and uh, it's, I'm really looking forward to to performing uh, to friends, whether I know them or not. <laughs> it just feels like being home. Well, you're. What, do you live in LA most of the time? Yeah, all, all the time. I live in LA, but I. I it, and it's actually it's been. For the first, like, I don't know, five, seven years, I, I straddled and I would live in New York and L.A. And then I just, well, I don't. I really, I guess I live here. But uh, but, but we get back all the time. And and, uh, and my kids kind of sort of consider themselves oddly New Yorkers, which is funny because they've never lived there. But, uh, <laughs> but, but they just know that they're supposed to be. Yeah, there's something about New Yorkers, Northeasterners, the way we say coffee, the way we just, we know when... <laughs> Like, you know there's another one in the room with you. You do. You feel more comfortable for some reason. Well, you know what? If I do yeah, I, if I do a bit about cheesecake, it doesn't work anywhere else in the world. <laughs> it only works within, like, a 40-mile radius. <laughs> so I, I have to dig up all my old New York stuff. But, uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward. And, and uh, you know, Hamptons, I don't know. I guess people are coming in their flip-flops and uh, shorts. I don't know. How how casual is it? A lot, a lot of beach uh, material. I a lot of beach got. wear. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. Okay. Cool. Absolutely. Well, I, yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking for. It's been. It's been different this time. I gotta say, doing stand up this many years down the road, whether it's because I'm older or just it's. I'm more know. They know me now, so it kind of. It really has this feeling of getting together with old friends. I think you know in New York even more so. But but there is this connection. You know, after seven years of a show, or whoever, if they if they're coming to see me, I, my guess is they know me at this point. It's not, you know, so they've seen the show, they read the books, and uh, and it's sort of a continuing conversation. You know, it's all it's all new stuff, but we're you know we're just talking about stuff from further down the road. So we're older, where our kids are older, we're married longer, or some people not married anymore. Things have changed, and and uh, you know, when you talk about that, it, there's just there's a connection. Yeah, that there didn't used to be. Well, yeah, like you said, you, you're such a long break between stand up, but you've been in touch with you've been in people's lives through the TV shows and the films and well, the books. Well, I hope so. 
But I, I, I know it can't be a career move. I can't take 20 years off every two years. That's going to get costly. <laughs> That's going to just be sad and pathetic. Well, tell me, what was it like <laughs> that first time you jumped back on stage? Did you bring old material? or No, what? you know, I had, I had little bits of uh, fragments of stuff. You know, periodically, the only time I would get on stage, you know, we'd host a charity event or something, and you do five minutes, and that's nothing. And, uh, so I had little scraps of stuff that I would go up and, and, and try. And it was fine, and the audience were, were very receptive and happy to see me, but the chops were not there, to be honest. You get up there and go, and I thought, oh, man, I don't remember how to do this. I really didn't. I had my little cheat sheets, and I had my... But the, the, it's, it's, it's like playing ball. You know, you can't be at playing ball at a professional level and take a couple of years off and jump into the game, right. you're going to get hurt. So it really was it really was months of just getting up every night. There's no shortcut. Uh, you, know, you just got to do it. And then after about six, eight months, all oh, right, okay, I'm getting this again. It's, but it, uh, it, it, take, it takes a while. It takes a while. That comedy muscle, they call it. They do. You know, but it, it's, it's kind of uh, comforting to realize that there are no shortcuts. It's, there's something so uh, traditional and low-tech about stand-up. You know, there's nothing there but you, your brain, and your performance, whatever you can do, and the audience. There's no, you can't digitize it, you can't turbocharge it, you can't, <laughs> you know, all the technology doesn't change what this is. Um, you can't fake it. What's the what's the what's the thing when you they make people sing sing better? They change the voice. Uh, uh, Auto tune. Yeah, yeah, you can't do that. There's no comedy tune, <laughs> so so you got to do it. You got to find the funny, and there is no way of doing it. And I, I remember this it was funny. It kicked in. I remember when I started. When you start you know, the first time, you know, when I was whatever, nineteen, and you get up twice and you get a few laughs and you think, oh, I got it. I know how to do this. <laughs> You're too stupid to even know how much you don't know. <laughs> and then when you get to do it, you realize, oh, it's just there. You just need to get on every night and and whether you want to or not you're going to get better you get on every night even if you stink you're going to get better you'll be a better level of stink right. at the end of that year and uh and it's it's refreshing to see how how simple not easy but simple it is there's just no there's you know you get up and you do it and uh and it's a moving target you know that's what's so funny and frustrating and exciting about it you know, you get it. You think you get a joke right, and then the next day it's not quite the same. It's like, well, what happened there? And you're, you're always chasing it. So, uh, right. it, it, and I had forgotten that part of it. It's very, it's fun. But is it is it hard for you? Because I imagine when you first start, you're just first starting out. Nobody really knows who you are. But now you come with this resume, and when you're trying out this material, are people like, boy, what happened to Paul Reiser? Like, does that- <laughs> no. No, you know, because you, you, you have a sense, you, you know what you can do, and you know what, uh, and sometimes you try a bit, and if it doesn't work, you know, you can have a, you can have fun with that, too. And they'll go, all right, listen, I thought that would be funny, but I'm wrong. And, uh, you know, it's I'm not going to get up there and hold them hostage for 40 minutes and go, you're going to listen to this experimental shrieking, whether you like it or not. Uh, you know, and your, 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 your judgment doesn't go that far off. It's just, it's just, uh, you get a little rusty and, uh, but now it's been, I've been having fun. I've been playing. It's going to be fun to be in New York because I've been to places that I never thought I would be. I've been playing, you know, places that I didn't even know were Indian casinos in Tulsa in <laughs> Buffalo. I go, what? And they go, yeah, that's uh, comedy. I go, okay, let's go to Tulsa, you know, Salt Lake city. It's like, well, okay. 
and uh, and towns, little theaters, and beautiful little theaters and towns all over the country. It's like, like I didn't, you know, I didn't know about uh, Bay Street Theater. Yeah. But uh, apparently, that's like a lovely comedy room. Yeah, and they have a hell of a comedy lineup this season too. I saw, yeah. yeah. David Brenner's coming in, and Paula Poundstone. That's cool. Great. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, let me get your impression because to me, I'm a huge stand-up comic fan. Okay. And, and there's so many waves. You, you got that that Carlin Pryor Klein wave, and it seems to me like you are a big part of that secondary, like right, you know, Seinfeld, Jerry, you know. Yeah. Well, there was sort. There was uh, those were certainly guys that I grew up on. Were you know Carlin and and uh, Robert Klein and, and very much, and, and uh, David Brenner. I, I, there was a period, you know, when I was in my formative comedy years. When I was, you know, Carlin was. I was in high school and listening to Colin and, and, and Robert Klein. And Robert Klein was, and they were both big influences, but Robert Klein was more an influence in a way, just stylistically. You know, that he sounded more like, my, you know, my world of friends sounded. And, and whereas, you know, Colin was just so too cool for school. He just like, okay, that's really, he's great. But yeah, I don't really, that's not me. But Klein, you go, okay, man, it's a, you know, there's a, there's a, that's a, that's more my world. He sounded like a really funny, smart cousin, and uh, you know, sort of paved, opened the door for a lot of guys of similar sensibilities. And uh, you know, and then, and it's funny is I, I see a lot of the influences. They're still in there. You know, the the stuff that gets into your comedy DNA. You know, I see Mel Brooks coming out in me now, in ways that are just. There, they're just you know, I you know, I I nurt, I fed on him for so many years, mm. and, and you know, it doesn't. Sometimes it's like a gene; it doesn't kick into thirty years later, and suddenly I realize I look at a joke I wrote, and I go, "That sentence structure." I go, "Jesus, that's 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 Mel Brooks' sentence structure." <laughs> you know, you hear a Woody Allen phrase, or you know, it's funny. I just I did a uh, a show on Sirius Radio where uh, we just I did one of them so one time where I got up with a buddy of mine and we played comedy albums that we used to listen to because I'll listen to the, the serious radio comedy a lot and and it's great but sometimes you know I hear this a lot of the same guys and they're very new fresh guys but I'll go where's where, I don't, I'm not hearing a lot of Klein or Bob Newhart or Bob and Ray and, and Pryor and, and so we just dug up the old LPs the vinyls and we literally sat and listened to them and it was so funny for me to see how deeply those things get ingrained you know you put on a Klein album and I hadn't heard it in 40 years, <laughs> literally 40-something years. Right. But it's right there. I can recall it word for word. And, and, you know, as opposed to in real life, I don't remember where I left my keys an hour ago. <laughs> but I could pull a Colin routine out of my ass. <laughs> so go figure. It's just, when it, you know, when something gets into the brain, when, when the brain is younger, it can hold. So you got to get in early. Anything under 20 is going to stay there. After that, it's shaky. Well, it's the same thing with music too. Like music, those music in your formative yeah, yeah. teen years always yeah, stays I, with you. Absolutely, absolutely. That's why I find it very encouraging when I see my kids actually, among other things, that they actually listen to a lot of Beatles. I go, okay, you got to have that in your vocabulary. You can't not know Beatles. Yeah. So I, I'm glad to know it's part of their childhood too. Well, you're a big musical guy. Who's uh, who are you listening to uh, even today? Well, I was, you know, it's it's so funny you say because I, I I listen to a lot I'll, a lot. I, I mean, I listen to new stuff, but I always find, you know, if I'm going to put on a pair of headphones for a plane or if I'm in the gym, 
it's I'm always going back to stuff I know. I'm always going back to you know, put out Almond Brothers to work out. I'm going, okay, it's 45 years old. I said, you know, but it's still it's still working. And so you know, and I'll put on, uh, you know, and when I was a kid, I was I was sort of prematurely into Motown. I was like, uh, you know, the, the white Jewish kid who wanted to be named Otis. I just uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was you know I was. You know, like you know, like a lot, a lot of kids my age. The truth, I guess. But you know, you you discover Wilson Pickett. Wilson, I actually, Wilson Pickett was the first show I'd ever seen, uh, and I went to. I found the ticket stub. How's that? I found the ticket stub recently in a box of crap that I don't know how it even got out here, but it must have been following me. Uh, and it was a ticket stub from the Fillmore before it was the Fillmore, and I think it was called the Village East. I think. Wow. And Wilson, it was like four shows on the bill. I was ten, and Wilson Pickett was the headliner. And when it came out, and they had like his his band. They were like ten guys, all in matching. Uh, it wasn't suits and ties, but they had this whatever school stage uniform. And I and they're all with their trumpets and their tr- and their sax. And I'm going, yeah, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. That's what I want to do for a living. <laughs> so didn't quite cut it. I'm not in a line of nine guys with the moving in sync with the trumpets, but I am on stage and it's dark. So you know. The house lights are down, so it's close enough. Close enough, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Close enough. <laughs> Polarizer <laughs> is with us here. He's going to be at Bay Street on uh, Monday, the fifteenth. That uh, yeah, who has a show on Monday? By the way, I've never heard of that. I don't, they book all their shows on Monday. I like coming. it. I don't. It's know. sort of a yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like election day or something. It's a <laughs> special Monday. <laughs> Ruins the whole weekend for me, but it's okay. I'm happy to be there. <laughs> um. Oh my God! I have so much to talk to. You. I know we don't have too much time, though. What can I like, talk to you about? Oh, this is what I've always wanted to know. All right, go ahead. This is a good question. I think I'll be the judge of that, Anthony. <laughs> you are right, now mad about you, right? You had the series, yes, and you have all these books, and kind of like you said with Robert Klein, you know, you are like this now for not only performers that come after you, but other people. How does it feel for you to know? Because, like, I know this is true for me. Like, I'll look at Mad About You and the situational stuff that happened there and, and some of the books and how you've written. You are like the voice of a generation as far as relationships <laughs> and children and all that stuff. How weird is that for you? Because peop- the things that you would talk about, right, on the show and the books yeah. and everything like that, sometimes friends don't even want to talk to each other about those kind of right. things. Well, that was, you know, the sort of by design, that was the show that, that from the beginning, I said, well, I want this to be, you know, have a very intimate feel. And I want people to look at it and go, oh, okay, that's exactly what's going on. That's how we talk. That's, you know, that's, that seems real. And that was always our mantra. We got, you know, far afield and it was funny, big stuff, big laughs and some wacky stuff too. But it always came down to really intimate stuff. You know, we, and what has been really kind of heartwarming and I, I hope this sort of answers the question, but I, but I, now going out and doing stand-up, and I, I get to you know meet people after the show, and they'll come over and they'll tell me uh, uh, their personal favorites or you know stories, and they'll you know and and I've seen people who come over to me and they show me their wedding invitation, and it looks like the Mad About You DVD cover, <laughs> or people who got married to the Mad About You song, or you know this episode that brought them together, or people told me how they you know they read their, my you know couplehood together, and I thought wow. That's really sweet and touching and, and, and something I wouldn't know. It's ironic that now, coming full circle, going out and doing stand-up and meeting people face-to-face, which you don't get to do when you're on TV, um, and hearing those things. So it's, 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 you know, it's very heartwarming. and It's surprising because a lot of times they'll tell me, remember an episode or a line or a scene that I have no idea. And I go, we said that? That's funny. I don't remember that. <laughs> but 
God bless them. They remember. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. One of the things I love about David Brenner so much is he laughs at his own stuff, and I always love that about him. <laughs> you know, I used to, I used to sit when he was, I guess, like seventy, early seventies. He was. It seemed like he was on TV at least once a week. He was on Mike Douglas. He was on it Tonight. He was all, and he seemed like he always had new stuff. It seemed like every, and I remember once time watching him at Catch a Rising Star. And I was just starting out. I must have been 19 to 20. And he came in to do some stuff. And I said, oh, I'm going to sit here with my pencil and paper, and I'm going to see how he does it. And I remember he did some sort of like comedic sleight of hand. And he goes, hey, I'll tell you two things, two things. And he goes, and he does one thing, and he never gets back to the two. I went, oh, he was just making it up. There was no tooth. You know, just, he just sort of like pretended. He just has this great way of sucking you in and yeah. making you feel like, you're, you know, again, very intimate. feels like he's talking to you as friends, and I always loved that about his style. And, uh, you know, I don't think his stuff is – a lot of comedians, uh, wouldn't their material wouldn't necessarily look that funny on paper. And performance is so much a, uh, a part of it. You know, Brenner was, uh, is a, a terrific performer. Yeah. Who, who else did you uh um who else did you uh see in the scene when you were when you were starting, you know, in the earlier days? Uh well, you know, when I well, well my my graduating class, I mean, my sort of group was, you know, Seinfeld and Larry Miller and uh Dennis Wolfberg at the time and Mark Schiff and uh Carol Liefer, who's a another Long Islander and um but you know the the class ahead of us was Larry David, was Elaine Boozler and Richard Lewis, and uh, you know and uh, a lot of, just a lot of funny uh, people. And everybody, most people seem to be still doing it. You know, it's funny. Not everybody's, you know, the general public wouldn't have heard of necessarily everybody. But it seems like once you start doing it, it's hard to not do it. Yeah. You know, um, and then. You know, and then before that, I, I think getting into it, it was the guys that I saw growing up. And, you know, I remember as a kid on Ed Sol watching Ed Sullivan. And not that I would emulate them, but, you know, seeing Alan King and uh, and, and the young Bill Cosby and, and uh, Jackie Mason. And, and just seeing those guys, there was always uh, Pat Cooper, you know. It was just, I just loved watching it. I loved the guy who came out and sort of... Uh, so courageous, you know. Just he's just come out here and just gonna talk to you. And it was always, it was always thrilling. It was always thrilling. It's something that I I didn't know at the time as a kid that I'm gonna do that. Right? I didn't even know you could do it. I just remember being drawn to it and saying, "Oh, there's something about that that I like." And uh, and, and I'm reminded now every time when I come on stage, it's like, "Oh yeah, this is this is what I like doing." This is this is fun. Well, now that you're building up material and you're in the clubs, I mean, I know you may not stay for the whole show at the club, but is there any names or any comics now that are catching your eye? They're, they're young. I don't bother with them. <laughs> I don't bother looking at them. I don't mind. They talk to me. I push them aside. I swat them away. I go, look, I'm busy. I'm older. <laughs> no, there are there are a lot of people. There are a lot of kids. I can't. I actually probably couldn't tell you their name. Couldn't come up with them. But I do. And it's funny. I was talking before about how you have to do it, and I'll see guys that I haven't never heard of. And who may not have even broken through, but I can see that, oh, these guys have been doing it. This guy's really got some finesse, you know, so he just from doing it every day for the last 10 years. Um, I'll have to get their names. Um, before, I, before I let you go, my last thing I have to tell you, I swear to you, one of the greatest movies I've ever seen, don't laugh at me, 
Uh-oh. Bye Bye Love. You were awesome. I watched that movie a thousand times. I'm really? I that is so well. I'll tell you what's funny about it too, Paul. I go Please. Before this interview, I go to look at it and I'm reading some of the things about it and I go, I, I had no idea that it didn't get a great reception or it didn't open or, or these. And I'm like, this is, to me was one of the greatest films I'd ever seen. That's so funny. As a kid, you watched it. it was when it came out. That was twenty years ago. Right? I, yeah, I, I I believe because I grew up in New yeah, York. Yeah, ninety four or five, something like that. Yeah, ninety three, four. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, there was a, there's a lot of good stuff in that, and uh, I'm glad you liked it. It, it was just like it was like everything. You don't else have to was... you don't have to unlike it just because it didn't do well. I don't want you to retroactively decide that it's no good. <laughs> That would be counterproductive. I'm not going to auto-tune my opinion on it. I'm Don't auto-tune it. it. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, uh, if you come down to the to the show Monday, come and say hello. I definitely. And I say that to all your listeners. I definitely. Everybody, if you me- and if you mention that you heard this interview on your, on Anthony's show, uh, you get a free cocktail napkin with every beverage. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's only for your people. So that's an exclusive we, offer. That's how we cut out the riffraff. You bet. <laughs> Paul, <laughs> thanks right. so much for giving us you time. You bet. Man. Thanks, Anthony. All right. There he goes, uh, Paul Reiser, right there. Bay Street Theater on Monday. Looking forward to that guy. Oh, my God, so funny. So funny. They go, uh, we got Paul Reiser for you. I go, no, you don't. <laughs> it's one of those guys that I never think I'm going to get to talk to. I'm telling you. Bye Bye Love. It's one of the greatest films ever. I mean, everybody's going to know him for Diner. Mad About You. All these things. But Bye Bye Love. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, the thing about my folks also, too, that he did with Peter Falk, also, knock your socks off. Uh, charming, wonderful, funny, great film. Great film. Can't believe I just had Paul Reiser on this show. Seems as if the world is out of out of whack. It's, it's just, it seems like the equilibrium is off a tad that he would agree to come on this program. Bay Street Theater, you're going to laugh your socks off. Paul Reiser, like he's, like we talked about, you grow up with this guy. You go through having your first kid, your first uh, you know, marriage, maybe your second marriage. Based on statistics, possibly your third marriage. And you're thinking maybe it's about time I start listening to some of the lessons I learned uh, during Mad About You. But if you feel as if, he's one of those guys where you feel as if like he said about Robert Klein, like a distant cousin. Like he's always there. He's always there for a frame of reference to get a chuckle out of, to see if you're kind of on track. Are you doing, are you, you know, you're making the right choices in your relationship, in your life with the kids or whatever. He's always there, you know. The, the way I'm feeling about this, is that how other people feel? And then you watch an episode or you read a chapter in his book and you realize, hey, I'm not alone. You know, that's the kind of guy Paul Reiser is. And brilliant and funny on top. He's going to make a chuckle on top of that. Hilarious. Just hilarious. All right, now I'm told that while the interview was going on, they sold out. That's the note that I was just passed. Is that true? Show's completely sold out? Show's completely sold out. You might, you can give it a shot. Try BayStreet.org or try the box office anyway. You never know. Maybe they'll open up a couple more seats. I know they got some configurations, so you can try it. But from what I'm told, we started the interview. There were tickets. The interview has come to an end, and there is no longer tickets. Oh, Biscuits, they're out of tiskets? All right. That's it. So you got to act fast. You got to move fast on the morning show with Anthony. That's what you got to do. As soon as you're here, don't wait. Don't sit on it and wait. Got to get there while you can. Got to get it while you can. I learned that lesson a long time ago. 
My thanks to the great Paul Reiser for being here with us on the morning show with Anthony on 92.9 and 96.9 EHM.